0: Welcome to Backyard Philosophy, a podcast where a couple friends grab some cold ones, sit around the fire, and talk about science, philosophy, and history. Crack one open, sit back, and get a good laugh as we discuss everything from automation to why the meaning of life is 42. It's on the news, it's in our mind. We're going to be talking about the differences between rural and urban environments and their similarities, but before we dive deep into that deep end of the water, Nick, how you doing? What are you
1: drinking? I am doing fine. I'm drinking some rogue dead guy ale, as usual. What about you?
0: I'm doing all right. Drinking some some bourbon, some wild buffalo, and Nick, it's going to be an interesting episode. Tensions are high between the rural and urban sides, but yet... When researching this, I'm not quite sure how we got to this point. Nick, you wouldn't happen to know a little bit how we got to this point?
1: Well, we've always been at this point. So, urban and rural cultures have been different since pretty much recorded history. As soon as we became, as soon as we started establishing cities, you know, looking back, there's a lot of instances of urban-rural disagreements dating as far back to the Bible. And in researching this topic, you look at a lot of different countries come up. China is having the same issue, as well as Canada, Europe. This is a big part in Brexit, apparently, was the urban-rural divide. So this is not an American issue. It's, it's just a cultural issue between different cultures, and it's been going on for a long time. In the United States, it became most apparent with the uh, during the Gilded Age, the Industrial Revolution, when you had the Progressive Party come out in the city, and you had the farmers unite slowly under the Grange and other... Political Parties that eventually turned into the populist movement, which had a little urban support, but was mostly farmers and they were united against unfair wages placed on them by the railroads, which most railroads were centered in the urban environment or not centered, but controlled by urbanites who the rural farmers viewed as the enemy. They were setting high prices that farmers just couldn't afford and the farmers felt they weren't getting their fair share for feeding all of those people. And so they united as the populist movement, and they were able to effect change for a few years. And that movement died out, and the populist movement was eventually absorbed into some of our political parties. But that wasn't the case in uh, many other countries. This same thing was happening where rural farmers were upset about urbanites ruling everything. And in a lot of other countries, Australia, Europe, a whole new political party under various names emerged from this from that and remained in place the united states is kind of an outlier where that political party was just absorbed into our two republican and democrat parties you know the progressive party was absorbed into the what we consider the kind of the democrats and in certain places in the south the progressive the populist movement turned into democrats and in the north it shifted into more the republicans it kind of depends on geography there's other factors at play there but it didn't establish a third party in the united states like it did in other places which is uncommon worldwide but today we
0: that is interesting how we remain
1: yeah how everyone else formed a third party and we were able to absorb it
0: yes and it's it's intriguing to me because from my family's history uh from two sides one immigration merely go to the cities for work and the other one we left louisiana for chicago because of the great depression and dust bowl and hoping to find work in chicago so it's interesting when the market is heavily affected of how people move for a job like Nick you were saying about the industrial revolution i imagine that just blew everything up a portion of the mass migration to cities
1: yeah, and part of the reason that it was absorbed into other parties is because in the United States, we have what people refer to as like winner-take-all elections, and so our parties aren't as set in stone as some of these other countries. For example, in, like, in uh, well, would-be England at the time, um, there in Australia their party when you elected an official they pretty much always vote on party lines but the united states because you're more representing your people in your specific district you have some wiggle room in what you're actually voting for you don't have to vote on party lines and so it was easy for the people in power to kind of absorb what their people they're representing wanted and they're able to remain in power Or a new person was put in place and they were able to work within the system just because of how our elections work is mainly the reason that I think it wasn't—we didn't get a new party. is because our politicians aren't tied to you have to vote along party lines, whereas they are in a lot of other places. And those party lines at the time did not meet the requirements of the populace. That is
0: interesting. I can see both good and bad sides to both those because winners win and— You kind of get the choice, but it allows for more freedom and dynamic politics with the multiple party system and not exactly the biggest fan of only having a two party system, but I can see how they can easily divide sides because you're having to choose teams. The traditional rural Republican or the traditional Democratic urban person that I can see that line being drawn in the sand because there's no other option
1: yeah and that's the same reason that it's been hard for socialist parties to take hold in the united states whereas in other countries that have you know like you vote who you want in a one two three and if your person doesn't get it your other vote goes to the next person so you can put your primary vote for a radical idea say a populist movement or a socialist movement but if they don't win your secondary backup is the you know, Democratic Party or the Republican Party, who you know is actually going to have a shot. So, but in the United States, if you vote for third party, you're kind of throwing your vote away and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying don't vote for a third party. I'm just saying like be realistic. History's not on your side. <laughs> so, because of that, it doesn't our political system doesn't really allow for third parties to get in there. But we also give politicians the wiggle room to move out of party lines and do what their district wants hypothetically
0: i'm hearing heavy quotation marks right now but hypothetically
1: and as time goes on you know america and most countries were largely agrarian the most famous you know thomas jefferson and hamilton argued about this all the time thomas jefferson thought the model citizen was the american farmer he wanted a primarily agrarian state of people who were self-sufficient in which case they didn't need to rely off anyone else and they could just be governed by themselves because they had no outside interests working over them. Whereas Hamilton, more on the urban side, wanted you know a more industrial America, which is why we have the government that we have. It's to appease both of those sides, the urban and rural sides, which have been at odds with each other since bef- way before this country was founded and an important part of the reason this country's ran the way it is. I think America's first urban world dispute was actually the Whiskey Rebellion when the urbanites on the East Coast, the bigger distillers, put a tax on whiskey that was heavier on uh, smaller distillers, which is the primary form of trade for the agrarian Western territories, which is still pretty much just all the Eastern states. But they didn't have the money, they didn't have the representation, and they just felt like they had... All, everything they had just fought for, after, this is a, a few years after the American Revolution, everything they had fought for was out the window. They were not being represented, they were being taxed unfairly, and there was an actual rebellion that Washington had put down, and we're going to have a mini-episode on that later, but I think that was the very first American actual conflict between urban and rural.
0: It's amazing how death and taxes follow us throughout the centuries, but... We will talk about later how both sides feel missed, misunderstood, unrepresented. Both sides have merit to their to their sides. It's not just one-sided. One side's right. One side's wrong. Both have their pros and cons. As we dive deeper into the podcast, but Nick, I'm torn because I both love the city and I both love the ruleness. I love being isolated, alone, not having to deal with people. But I also love having all these options and features close by to me like I have in a city. And Nick, I already know the answer to it, but where do you stand on city and rural? Where would you, Where do you prefer?
1: I'm a big fan of uh, no one telling me how to live my life, which is a very common theme for the rural community. And I'm a big Jefferson guy, and I think, you know, there's pros to the rural community and pros There's pros and cons to both. I myself live in what I would consider a rural community, but the US census might consider something else. It's kind of interesting what is considered urban and rural just because I live in a town of, you know, like 30,000 people which was surrounded by nothing, but that's actually considered uh urban for according to the census in some places. So You know, I'm surrounded by ag and forestry, but because it's the largest town around, it's technically not rural. Even though most Americans would define it as rural, it's just not how they do it, which I think is kind of interesting. But, yeah, I I personally live in a quote-unquote rural community, and I much prefer living out here to, you know, I grew up in the suburbs, and I don't have no desire to go back.
0: I think I love all the ox at. I think I love all the aspects of everything has to offer. Suburbs is kind of nice because you you got parks, good schools. Cities nice because good places to eat, go to, lots of nightlife activity. Rule because I can go out on my porch, drink some coffee, and not see another living soul, which sounds bliss. So they all have their merits, but Nick, since you brought up suburbs, I was wondering if I could hop in a little bit and uh, poke fun at the suburbs because... I don't know, did you count the suburbs as part of urban environment or as their own entity?
1: I counted them as their own entity.
0: Good, so did I. I came across a very interesting fact that the urban suburbs, well, I'm just going to say suburbs, the suburbs that most of us grew up with knowing, the cul-de-sac, the traditional 1960s idea of, you know, house, picket fence, a little bit outside the city, et cetera, et cetera, is dying. The idea of suburbs is kinda going away. I think it's if I remember correctly, the statistic, it was sixty percent of all suburbs are made up by sixty five year olds or older. The suburbs is turning into an old person's community. It's not a, you know, young family starting out or middle aged parents with kids. It's an old man's game. And it seems like the future lies with both city and rural Because city for job, like we mentioned, of a lot of people, why they left the country because during the industrial revolution, and a lot of rural because people are leaving the cities because living on top of each other and other conditions like COVID and stuff like that. I realized, like, hey, I want my space, I want to be left alone, I want to be a little bit isolationism, which I'm always a bit fan of. So it's very interesting how the suburbs might have come and gone already. I don't know if you came across anything like that, Nick.
1: You know, I didn't spend too much time looking at the suburbs, but I mean, I can kind of see it, but I, especially with COVID, a lot of people are moving out in the country and it's causing a little bit of unrest.
0: Yeah, unrest is um, a very common theme amongst rural and urban environment. That's definitely for certain, but who knows? Maybe once the current age of suburb habitants such as the 65-year-olds plus. Once they die off, all those homes will be for sale. So maybe in 20-ish years, the cycle will recontinue and it'll start all over again. But going back to urban and rural, Nick, it was amazing to me on the issues that are developed because you're isolated in rural communities. I don't know if you want to jump into that yet, or you want to continue down the path of history.
1: No I don't have too much more in history I just wanted to point out that there's been flare-ups like this for a long time and uh, I think later we'll get into kind of what causes these bigger flare-ups but just wanted to note that this isn't anything new this isn't some sudden awakening because we have so much technology and blah 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 it's this has always been there it's just two different cultures not getting along and that's that's human.
0: Tides rise and fall. But hopefully they don't turn into another civil war. But anyhow, I thought it was very interesting the negative effects living in a rural area has on a person's body and not and also their mind. So a big aspect I looked at was health because, I don't know, when you think living in a city, you don't exactly think the healthiest. You know, busting lights, uh, traffic, all that pollution. Granted, the air quality in rural environments is much better and you'll be able to see stars has got to be healthier too but the psychology of rural and urban it's a dual-edged sword but the non-psychology the physical health it seems to favor city far more than it does rural obesity is more common in rural areas than urban areas even though screen time is like a half hour more in urban times seems though urban people are more physically active and especially children. Children in rural environments have a 26% greater odds of being obese than compared to urban children, which I thought was really weird. You would think being outdoors, camping, hiking, farm, you know, having land to run run around, you would be more active, but I guess not. I guess it's, you appreciate what you don't have, so I guess city people are being more physically active, or maybe it's a social trend of stay healthy, or Perhaps it's even boils down to more of competing for a mate, like our our ancestral DNA. So in a large city with a large population, you have to stand out more. So you have to stay in shape more to attract a mate. Maybe it's that subconsciously. So I thought that was very interesting about, especially with the obesity. And there are some other health issues, but Nick, I'd love to catch your opinion on how, did you come across this or how do you feel about that children, well, especially children, but people in general in rural environments tend to be more or have a higher chance of becoming obese than urban environments.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that much after driving around and or living out here. I think it's also a lot place where a lot of people retire out to rural environments. I don't know if that plays too much of a factor, but there's a lot of driving that gets done. There's a lot of time just sitting in a car and going to your destination. So you might have less screen time, but probably about the same amount of time sitting just because you're so spread out.
0: Well, that still doesn't add up the fact of being less active, especially for children. I'm still confused on how that's active because I, I don't know about you, Nick. When I was growing up, I was catching frogs and playing with sticks, running around the yard, playing football or soccer or something. So it, it's confusing to me how when you have more space, more room, that you have a higher chance of obesity.
1: Yeah, that. I mean, that, that really doesn't make... I'm kind of surprised by that as well. I didn't come across that, but that doesn't seem completely right to me now. I know you know just i think uh from going to school and meeting people, I think a lot of my friends who are in ag or work in or you know live in rural environments. the people who regularly exercise the more come from more urban environments, but the people who but they're not always fitter it seems like than you know, the people who are working and don't exercise as much. It seems like those guys, they look more out of shape, but at the end of the day, they're still the ones chopping the firewood and the guys who go to the gym all the time have already gone inside because they're done for the day.
0: Yeah, I can see that aspect. I mean, it's uh, the old Greek myth of, um, or the Greek story of carrying a calf every single day and makes yourself stronger because the the calf gets bigger every single day, so you have to carry more weight every single day. It's, you know, farmer strength. You're doing the same integrity over and over again builds that deep strength instead of muscle. It's there, there is a difference between strength and muscles, ladies and gentlemen. But it's also very surprising to me. The health issues continue for rural environment versus urban environment. And like like you brought up, Nick, is some of your more, quote-unquote, more urban friends out there in the state. No one should ever move to because it's terrible and it's already filled up and no one should go there. It's uh, maybe it's a culture thing, like you mentioned earlier, of just a culture of exercise, staying in shape. Maybe that's a little bit more ingrained into the culture of urban compared to rural. Because rural, like you said, is don't tell me what I can and cannot do. And in urban, I know for us growing up in school, it was, you know, presental fitness test, you know, got to look at good shape, et cetera, et cetera. But the health issues just continue on with rural. It's not just obesity. There are more... There there are higher and more common health issues in rural areas than compared to a uh, urban environment. There are also more disabilities claimed in rural areas than urban areas. That's... Obviously, it's based on percentages of the populations, not the actual numbers of how many people. So that was really surprising to me, was the amount of disabilities that are claimed. I... Maybe it's because uh traditionally rural environments are blue collar so working with your hands working hard maybe you throw your back out maybe something lands on you maybe getting an accident that's what i'm hoping but i feel like that's wishful thinking did you come across anything like this nick
1: no that's this isn't really the area that i research i was more trying to figure out the different cultures between the two um i know there's it is it is dangerous you know i would fought fire in some guy's property and he lost uh, his his hand to the same tractor that started the fire that we were putting out and uh, you know a few other people who had accidents like that lost a finger or something but I also know people who you know urban and rural they're not that different like I know there's people who claim you know uh, like welfare and stuff because they did something or whatever that didn't actually do just you know to get the money and it's not uncommon to have, you know, the cost of living is so low there, you can actually live off your welfare check. So, yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of bit of that as well everywhere you go. And per capita, you know, there's less people. So maybe it's more in rural environments. I wouldn't be that surprised.
0: Well, that, that seemed very surprising to me because nearly all my interactions with people who were born, raised, and live in rural environments are hard workers shake-your-hand, look-you-in-the-eyes kind of people, not the kind of people who would quote-unquote cheat the system. So it, it that did surprise me a lot because I imagine with a higher percentage of people taking disabilities, I imagine not all of them actually need it. So it that, that kind of threw me off. What also threw me off was the suicide rate. The suicide rate is higher in rural areas too. In 2018, male suicide rates in rural areas increased to 30.7 out of 100,000. When compared to the urban male, which is 21.5 out of 100,000. And it's the same for females, too. It's higher in rural than urban. Rural woman suicide rate is about 8 out of 100,000. And urban woman suicide rate is 5.9 out of 100,000. Which I thought was super surprising. Because you're having... I just pictured, because I granted I've lived in a city or a somewhat large population my entire life. Of, if I ever make it to an rural environment where I'm free, I get to have more land, I get to be more peace and quiet, I'd be happier. But I guess grass is always greener on the other side. And it was very very shocking to me that the suicide rate is higher in rural areas than urban vi- areas. And before I take my educated guess, Nick, do you have any ideas why?
1: No, I, I don't really have any ideas why exactly, but it doesn't surprise me that much and just something I wanted to touch on is just you know America has an idyllic vision of rural culture and and urban culture as well, and that's not always the case like there's you know, there's good and bad to everything it's not uh, it's not the perfect uh, you know city on a hill wherever you go
0: yeah, that's fair i If I had a guess though it would be because lack of opportunity. I mean, I assume we'll talk later about how studies have shown that if you want better medicine or better education, don't live in a rural area. And I imagine spending your entire life in a rural area where there's not exactly the most job opportunities. Granted, I want to talk about job opportunities later, Nick, so don't let me forget about that because rural surprised me a lot. It, I mean, with the city, there's no opportunity to always around the corner. If You can make it there. You can make it anywhere. But not New York. No, fuck New York. But yeah, I don't know. It, I, for some reason, I always figured suicide would be higher in urban areas than rural areas. I don't know why that was stuck in my mind so much.
1: Yeah, I just know, me personally, I know more of my friends who are rural know someone who died of suicide than my urban friends, so it's not too surprising to me. I don't know exactly the causes behind it. You know, a lot of it is in, a lot of them were in high school, so even before, it's not like they were looking for jobs in high school maybe, but yeah, I'm I'm not too sure. Before we get too far deep into it, I did want to talk about what like the perceived cultural differences are between urban and rural and like you brought up a few of them of you know idyllic small town life of everyone knows everyone and you know uh being outside wide open spaces and you know that's it's not always the case but i think it's you know everyone shares especially in america we place such a high value on rural life You know, you know thomas jefferson said the Amer the perfect, um, the ideal American is a farmer. And that seems like that's something that's stuck with this country. I mean, I can remember, I forget exactly what Super Bowl it is, but, uh, I can't remember if it was forward or Chevy, but they ran that truck commercial. And at the end it was like, thank a farmer. And I was watching it with, uh, in my fraternity, my ag fraternity, Alpha Gamma Row with all my friends and Holy cow, it was, they freaking lit up. I mean, these are, they never get, American farmer doesn't get the recognition that they maybe deserve but that commercial went out to pretty much the entire country i mean the super bowl is pretty much the entire country and only 1.5 percent of americans actually worked in the agricultural sector so if they're only marketing to rural residents that's a terrible return on investment but there's something about americans that we love that rural life we love you know farming we love wide open spaces pickup trucks being a man whatever it is, there's something there that America is deeply attracted to.
0: It is weird how one that such a small part of a population feeds hundreds of millions of <laughs> of other people, if not more than that and two yeah i I guess we we romanticize the idea of living in an urban environment of I mean I guess that's where kind of hipsters come from with the red flannel, right I mean everyone wants to be bearded lumberjack i mean i grew up on john wayne and being outdoors and working cattle with a horse is a dream of mine and i guess i also romanticized it it's and it's amazing but it is nice to see because i they are unsung heroes of the small percentage that feeds the rest of our country they never get enough credit what they actually do it seems that true heroes never get enough credit for what they actually do
1: yeah and so i just wanted to kind of break out some values this is something that i kind of struggle with mike because i like i said i live in a rural environment and so i looked up you know rural values it's pretty easy to find you know live in a small town know everybody be honest hand like handshake greet people with a handshake you know if you're uh, not from the area this you're not from rural you might not know this one but the two finger wave off the steering wheel hmm. um stuff like that. And so I was like, well, I I kind of know all that stuff. So what is it that defines urban culture? And th- that's kind of where I struggled, you know, c- com- coming from the rural side, urban culture to me seems like, you know, educated and I say educated in quotes. We'll we'll get to that later. I think that's a pretty divisive word, especially in the context it's been used recently. And uh, you know, went to A a, like expensive school has some job in the city and thinks that everyone in lives in rural areas is uneducated and they know best and that's kind of the way rural people have seen you know these politicians and people from the city for a while and uh, I was like well there's got to be more to it than that so what is urban culture and and I found the differences between urban and suburban and rural and suburban but I didn't find too many differences besides. Population density of urban and rural, personally.
0: Uh, I kind of disagree with that. I would say a huge one, which is you're kind of missing over, is diversity, having all these different cultures. Now, before I, I dive in that, I want to say something about something a little bit earlier you said about uh, when something comes to your mind, rural versus urban. For me, it's pace pace is a big one. Rural tends to be more back roads, drive kind of slow, kind of relax, just kind of cruise, you know, put, what the, put, I don't know, put it in fifth gear and just kind of go down the highway. And then urban environment, I think hustling, busy, move fast, move fast, move fast, move fast. So I wanted to address that from that earlier, but no, I would say a huge part is diversity is a huge difference. Having all those different cultures, different types of thinking and beliefs, they might be good, it might be bad, but it's definitely got to have a huge effect of thinking and personal growth. I mean, it I'm not trying to generalize, but in general, which is a bad way to start a sentence, is when I think rural and urban and in my personal life that I've had interactions with, people from urban environments tend to be a little bit more open-minded towards other cultures compared to rural. I don't know if you would disagree with this, Nick, but I would say diversity and the willingness to try and adapt to other cultures is a lot more prevalent in urban environments than is rural.
1: I would challenge that. Okay.
0: I I would say that, well, based on the populations, that majority of the populations in rural environment based on the census of the United States is predominantly either one race, either black, Hispanic, or white, and it's majority, whatever town or that is, that one specific culture. That's how it is for a majority of the rule of the United States, compared to what New York City has 183 spoken languages within a four-square-block area. I, 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 I don't see where your numbers are, but I'm very interested. Please explain your thought process. Well, it's
1: not numbers, so... Think about everyone we know who went to college, right? We talked about this a little bit about in education. Everyone went to school, you know, experienced diversity, but everyone ended up with the same, being friends with the same people they would have been friends with in high school. Rural communities, at least from what I'm familiar with, the quote-unquote white culture and the quote-unquote Mexican culture, I don't know the PC way to say it, but work together a lot more. You know, you can live in a four-block radius of people who speak four different languages, But you never have to interact with those people, and you most likely don't. They speak a different language than you. Why would you? You cross the street and you got three shops that speak your own language. So, yeah, on paper, it looks good. There's more diversity in the city. I mean, just look at, you know, there's white neighborhoods, black neighborhoods, Mexican neighborhoods in the suburbs, and granted, they might have different cultures and live close to each other, but that doesn't mean that they interact. Whereas the agriculture environment is there's very reliant on white and mexican interaction
0: so i disagree with half your statement there i would say why would you force to interact with this yes i agree with a lot of people are ruts like a creature of habits that they want to stick with what they know and what they did in high school but if you grow up in a high school that's quite diverse or you grow up that's how it is or if you work in a large city where your workplace might hire different people from different cultures and races, you'll have a higher chance of being exposed to those different cultures and races. You might not go out of your way, but based on sure numbers and circumstance, it happens. And from my experience, even recently, I, the prevalence of religious beliefs in rural environments takes precedent towards Christianity, and from my experience quite recently with other rural areas is they are awkward or ignoring any other besides their own beliefs and i would say from the city it's very different of they're like oh you're a different faith all right cool whatever and they just keep going like you're still you that that didn't change your identity who you are based on your belief and i would say that's very different for a rural and urban environment
1: in places, yeah, but I've never experienced any of that living in. An, I've lived in a lot of different rural environments all over you know, the Western United States, and no one's ever asked me anything about my religious beliefs or whatever. They've just always been welcoming to me and granted you know, that maybe because I tend to interact with people who are good people or whatever, but you know, I work with a lot of people who are deeply religious and they've never asked me anything about my religious beliefs.
0: But have they ever asked you to bow your head in prayer before you eat or anything like that?
1: Why is that bad? Like, what what if that was in the city and someone who had a different culture than you asked you to do something? What I don't understand is in the city, you can do something for a different culture and it's good. But you come out to the country and you have to do something for a different culture and it's bad. And this is part of the divide that I'm talking about. And this is what people out in rural areas don't understand is how their culture is inherently bad, other their cultures are inherently good.
0: No, 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 no. I think I misrepresented myself. I'm just saying there's more diversity in a city and more interaction with it. I'm saying when you're unfamiliar, humans don't like change. Humans don't like things that are different. We get fearful of that. And Nick, let's both be honest, we're white Christian males, so we blend in pretty well with the rest of this country so i'm gonna say it's probably very different for other cultures going through it's different for me going through now granted uh i'm a bit of a weirdo so that that might just be me so take that with some grain of salt what i what i say but if you have a community that's majority the same it doesn't bring in new ideas granted there are a lot more you know patents and jobs which we'll talk about later that come out of rural areas than urban environments, which I was very surprised. I would have guessed the other way around, but I was completely wrong with that. But again, I, I think if you have enough numbers, they'll eventually run into each other. If you have to work, you have to take an Uber, a taxi you have to get in the L, you have to interact with people. Even if it's not by your choice, not your friend group, you still have to interact with them and be a little bit more opening to them. I mean, we've both seen it, Nick, for cultures, both modern and old, when outsiders come in, they're greeted, sometimes friendly, sometimes not friendly, but always hesitantly. And I, I the hesitantly thing is, I think, a big asterisk.
1: But I think that's human nature. So for my job, I work with a lot of mexican planting crews and me and the foreman someone new will come in and both of us me white him mexican will view the new guy kind of hesitantly we don't know how to act because we're quote unquote i'd say decent people we don't want to offend him we don't want to you know do any like we're going to act different around him than we are with just ourselves and i think that's just the way humans are wired you know we don't want to offend someone So we kind of feel them out, see where they're at. I think that's just no matter where you go, you're going to get that.
0: I agree with that. But the willingness to change, though, I again, I think there's a higher chance of meeting. People with different diverse backgrounds, back to my original point, in cities than in urban environments.
1: Yes, there is a higher chance that you will meet someone with a different background. But what is the chance that you're going to get to know that person, I guess, is, is the question.
0: I would say higher simply because you're living in that area.
1: I along, But also living in that area along with like 100 people, 100,000 people.
0: Yes. I would say, even if you don't become friends with them, maybe your friends become friends with them. So now it's friend through a friend. Maybe you go to a party and they're there. Someone else is there who you normally wouldn't hang out with. Having that large sample size, I think, increases the odds. Maybe
1: it does. I personally don't don't think it does. I mean, in me personally, I've had more interactions with people of different cultures out in rural environments than in urban environments. Going to our high school, we had few interactions of people from different cultures but we're all you know somewhat similar but I've been able to meet people working in rural environments that you know the people who live in urban environments would never meet and I think just that that different culture just because they're you know a different skin color than me or a different religion than me I don't necessarily think that that qualifies as diversity I, you know granted like the people I work with they're very different than me and I, I definitely think that it's something that you know would qualify for a different diversity or whatever but it doesn't seem to me like anyone really talks about it like it's a big issue whereas you know I feel like people more talk about race in the cities I mean in fact the matter is is that just because you lived in an area with a lot of different cultures doesn't necessarily mean you embrace them or talk to them or or tolerate them. And I think it's, it's part of the reason that rural areas are so upset because there is regularly, at least where I'm at, out west there's a lot of mexican and white relationships in agriculture just because of the two predominant agriculture how do you call them like people who cultures who work in ag and it's it's you know it's completely two different cultures but they they work together and they actually work together and have relationships and to me i think there's a difference between that and like meeting someone in the subway who speaks a different language you talk to like you know a one day a week or something like I don't know. That's just me, and, and, that, and that's something that I, I will touch on later. But I don't know. Everyone's always fo- so focused on diversity of whatever, just focused on saying I live around other cultures. Okay, you said a lot there. There's yeah, that was kind of a rant, and I apologize. No, no, you're good. You're good. I
0: rant all the time. There are portions I agree with and portions I disagree with. I I want to point that out because diversity in my mind doesn't mean skin color. It means culture. If, for example, like you said, we're bringing up the cultures of in your town of Mexicans and and. Per- whites being predominantly in the ag field i would count those both the mexicans and whites as the same culture that's the same bubble i i wouldn't specify and split hairs of skin color i guess i maybe maybe we're looking at a different scale maybe that's why we're kind of butting heads here a little bit of i'm kind of looking at as the entire town bubble of both you know both farmers doesn't even though they have different stuff like that you're going a little bit more in depth of inside the town maybe 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 our ratios and scale are just off
1: to me working with you guys every day. There's a lot of similarities that I think are just basic human similarities, but there's also a lot of differences that I think are somewhat cultural. I'm getting a little bit off topic, but keep going with your similarities. Well, we're all human at the end of the day, but we're all individuals. So everyone
0: has a story to tell so we could all learn from each other. But we brought it up a little bit and i think it's a huge point of both rule versus well not versus versus a bad name ruled compared to urban is the job market you brought it up a little bit uh there's a lot you touched in your rant i kind of forgot all of it because my bourbon's gone so i'm just gonna power forward uh but unfortunately, but it might turn the tides with now with COVID, because this is data that I came across in 2018. So take it with a grain of salt, things might have changed now. Of predominantly the historical with the Industrial Revolution ever moving to cities for work was a very common and growing trend. Maybe it changed a little bit with COVID and everyone's wanting to go back to urban environment more spread out especially with how much technology and connection we have with the internet that maybe we have the capability of doing that maybe instead of having a bunch of major cities of millions of people living on top of each other which i don't think is mentally healthy but being a little bit more spread out having more smaller cities smaller towns spread out everywhere i think that sounds like a much healthier easier environment for humanity to stay in but the job market in rural areas has been dying and is continuing to go down that hill again i hope i hope it changes with covid and stuff like that but what i thought really cool because i am an ambitious man and i want eventually want my own company was although rural areas have become small in the job market they still have the more self-employed people than urban environments rural areas with population less than 2500 people had the highest self-employed rate now granted you can pay his advocate going, well, yeah, there's not a lot of people there, so they don't, they need to do a lot of jobs, so they create their own, like, they, they plug a hole with what they got. Yes, you can make that argument, but that trend continues onward, even with higher populations. And if you go on the other side of the board with urban environments, with urban areas with a population over a million or higher, they have the least self-employed people. Which, again, it might be, it, it makes sense that you're, I mean, you have so many people, you don't need to create a new job because there's not an opportunity for it. But I feel like if there's a lot of market, a lot of people, there's a bigger market, more people to sell to, seems like it could be very easy to create your own company. And sticking on with that, it turns out that a business survival rate is also very different compared to rural and urban environments. In rural areas, again, these numbers are not by much, but there is still a difference. In rural areas, the business survival rate is 71%, and with cities, it's 66.5%. So not a huge market difference, but still a difference, and it's it's impressive because maintaining and owning and growing a small business is really hard to do and i imagine in a rural environment where there might not be exactly a lot of cash moving around compared to city environment it's it's extremely impressive and makes me happy to be american that we're still go-getters and still be able to do it with our ourselves and hold ourselves up by the bootstraps
1: yeah and i think that's you know that's something we can agree upon i think most to talk about the different cultures most americans want people to be independent, right? Like they want people to have their own businesses and support themselves. And I think that's something that bridges urban and rural so we can all agree that it's a good thing when Americans are starting their own business, doing their own thing. And that's something that everyone can be happy about.
0: Oh, absolutely. Everyone wants the underdog, the, uh, the green horn, the little guy to make it in the fight, especially when it's your neighbor, or your countrymen, you could put yourself in their shoes almost. It's always nice having that feeling, that situation. So I I agree with you completely there, Nick, of no matter where you are, everyone wants the the little guy to win.
1: Yeah, that's a very American ideal. You know, Americans for being the overdog for so many years, we're still really root for that underdog. It's
0: not the size of the dog, but the size of the fight in the dog. Now, continuing on with that with the job market, again, this is pre-COVID, the the research i found but i'm hoping because people are leaving cities in exodus and leaving states in exodus that it kind of create stops creating all these high peaks of major cities because i didn't come across it or didn't really research that in depth of it to be honest with you but i imagine the psychology of having millions of people around not even millions let's say thousands let's just stick with thousands Thousands of people quite close to you has got to be very stressful on you and i can imagine if you're not a physically strong person or i don't know or someone who's worried about taking advantage, advantages anxiety etc cetera, etc cetera, some other factors it's got to be the dials got to be turned up higher in cities than compared to urban now for some reason i don't know why this came across my mind but now i can see you on both sides of if say you're um I don't know. We'll just say a female who's worried about walking home one night in the city being attacked, which is a very fair statement. I mean, I could also see the argument being in rule, you're all alone in the middle of nowhere, possibly being attacked, but I don't know. It just seems like Having all those people around you, you always got to keep your head on a swivel. I I, I don't know if that's the same with you, Nick, because I I always feel more relaxed when in a rural environment. Like, I don't have to constantly keep looking over my shoulder. Don't have to constantly keep looking around. In in a city, I'm always worried, like, am I getting in someone's way? Do I got to keep going? Got to make this exit. Go, 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 go. Stop, go, stop, go. I I, I don't know if I'm just being an outlier in this or do you feel similar when in a city compared to
1: rural it's definitely more stressful being in a city just the driving i drive
0: oh nick you're telling me you don't want to go down Lakeshore drive
1: during rush hour dude i drive all the time for work but on like a two-lane highway or a paved road or gravel road so i drive a lot but i very rarely see other people driving on a 294 in illinois for Christmas it was kinda of stressful. I had sensory overload. just looking around. I had to look both left and right of me. It was kind of bullshit. But uh definitely I definitely see your point and people in the rural areas definitely especially during <laughs> COVID times and, and riots and all the shit going on recently. If you're going to the city, people it's not uncommon for rural people to ask if you're like, Hey, I'm going to Costco, you need anything and they'd be like, Oh, you know, bring your pistol, bring your concealed carry, like because it's a foreign environment and you look on the news and it looks like the town's burning down. In your town, you're safe. No, nothing's going to happen to you. But that's still a lot of people protect themselves in various ways in town. But when you go into the city, it's like you're you're entering a war zone, especially now. Not that it's when you don't live in that environment and you don't know, you know, people in Portland are like, oh, well, that's over in there. You don't need to worry about it cool. Well, I don't live there, so I don't know where any of those areas are. And, and that's, you know, the disconnect between the two, urban and rural, is, you know, an urban person can tell you, oh, well, you don't need to worry about this here, but you're coming from somewhere else. You don't know, you know, the ins and outs of each neighborhood, so it's a little intimidating.
0: Yeah, I think that's just both sides of simply being in a foreign environment, of being a little bit intimidating. But also, I would have to say the news companies have a big aspect on the divide between rural and urban and especially when it's like oh this is a dangerous area well if you show nothing but the negative parts of it online or you blow it out of proportions then yeah everyone's going to think that but when you actually get to talk and go to the area or you're you know a resident there you actually know the real stuff real story you realize oh it's not that big of a deal so i guess perspective i i agree with you completely there, nick we're when you're out of your elements or in a foreign area you're going to be a little bit more stressed going to be a little bit more out of your comfort zone it's going to it's going to cause some anxiety um, with the driving yeah I, I i agree with that it's always nice more driving with the urban environment compared to cities far more stressful I, I guess it's um i don't know it just seems like the ease of life being able to go to a store within 5 10 minutes versus you know drive very far away i had a friend in university they would have to drive 45 minutes to go to a mcdonald's that sometimes would be closed because in the rural area they would just be like yeah no one's showing up today we're just gonna go and for me that's bonkers because unfortunately there's like a mcdonald's every like i don't know quarter mile here and in chicago it's even worse than that so both have their attributes both have their disagreements but again i think not knowing the whole story and other people blowing it up a portion like news agencies it has created more divide or at least made us think we have more divide than we actually do.
1: Yeah, i definitely say that, you know, the news agencies don't help anything. But I also think that, you know, that's part of the charm, right, of, of rural areas is there's not a McDonald's there. And what that breeds is self-sufficiency. You know, you can't be relying on other people to do all this shit for you, and make your food. You got to, it's really, when you move from urban to rural, all it makes you do is just plan things out. You know, if you're in town, you get everything you need and it's not a big deal. Like it's, I don't understand why it's so difficult for some people, but you, you run into town, you get the stuff you need and you're good for a while, you know, or a lot of people work in town, just on your way home from work, you pick up your stuff. But a lot of part of, you know, a rural area is, is, is driving around, you know, people like to drive around. There's a lot of back roads and stuff. And so driving to the McDonald's is just something to do. You know, you get to drive, listen to music, talk to your friends you know, that's just, That's a cultural thing. That, I think, isn't just a rural thing. I think that's an urban thing as well, just driving around. I guess it's an American thing in my mind.
0: Oh, yeah. Cars, gasoline. Well, I guess now electric is definitely driving around is an American thing. But I don't know. I don't... I think the worst part of my day is the commute. I hate spending long times that I... I feel like I could be more productive if I was like, I don't know, 30 minutes away instead of an hour away or 15 minutes away instead of half hour away. It just, I don't know. It seems like maybe it's the urban inside of me of hurry up or I don't know, be being diligent. Sometimes I, maybe I need to take and smell the roses. Maybe that's why I like and romanticize the rural area so much. But I don't know, the driving constantly doesn't appeal to me because sometimes I just want to... Run to the store real quick, run back and call it a
1: day. Yeah, but I don't know sometimes you can't. but I think something that's important to consider is with uh, with driving around and stuff like or just stopping and smelling the roses that you know this laid back kind of life that you're talking about that's not really the rural lifestyle i mean it it can be but there's you know it's a give and a take right there's a lot of times where it is laid back you know there's times when it's not fast paced but there's also times where it's very fast paced it's very you know aggressive you have to get this done now based on the weather and i think that's something that's often overlooked about rural life is that there are certain times where it is go 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 and it's go for you know from before sunup to after sundown it's you're just straight working. You know, it's not all stop and smell the roses and, and stuff like that. And I think that's something that's overlooked. You know, I think a lot of people just see rural life and it's like, ah, oh, you know, drive around, look at your fields. Like, you know, listen to a lot of people talk. I listen to, I try to get a varied opinion of urban and rural life from a lot of different people. And, you know, there's a lot of people <laughs> who think that Most tractors are driven without people in the cab, which is just not the case. We're not there yet. (laughs) It's just a huge disconnect. You know, my friend Joe, he, he drives his tractor without AC in his fucking underwear. And not before too long, he'll have his kid in the cab with him. It's just, you know, the, and sweating his ass off in the middle of summer, but it's got to get done. And just because you don't have AC doesn't mean it doesn't have to get done. And there's hardships and there's things that, you know, you, it's constrained by nature, you know, rainfall, sunlight, all these things affected, and it has to get done in a certain amount of time in a certain window. So there's times where it's idyllic, but there's also times where it's aggressive and fast. And I think that's something that is often not looked at.
0: Oh, completely agree. I think both sides, whether you're on the rural urban side or somewhere in between, you you kind of forget the other side. Again, grass is always green on the other side. You kind of forget that the other attributes the other communities have to deal with. And it's, it's easy to generalize them, even though the similarities between both, like you said, Nick, it's kind of hard to compare them, is... It's true. There are way more similarities than there are differences, and I guess you could say that with everything in in life. But a little pivot point here is not all things are equal between urban and rural. Another one being education. Education is key, and we... Talk about education a lot. Actually, we just did two episodes on it. You can go check it out at Backyard Philosophy on YouTube or any major podcast source. Three
1: hours on education.
0: (laughs) Well, over three hours, actually. Nick, I just finished editing it. So, education is not equal. Same with the medical. They cut medical field. Now, I'm going to combine them both because just the similarities are so similar that it's just easier to combine them both. Simply not having a large number tends to be a negative when it comes to education slash medical it's because you have less to choose from it's less competitive and based on the stats education and the medical field is worse in rural areas than urban areas and again this is just kind of a overview there are of course far worse educational areas in urban cities than there are in rural areas and they're uh, vice versa it It goes both ways. But in general, if you want to go to the best schools, they tend to be city-based. If you want to get the best medical care, they tend to be city-based, simply because they have a lot of people. It invites the best. It invites higher pay wages, which means more people want to come. Now, granted, with wages, if your cost of living is higher in the city and you're making some more money in the city, it evens out both rural and, and city. But... Simply seeing a bigger number, our monkey brains tend to go, oh, bigger number means more money for me, even though you're making a saving about the same. But having that competitive edge, having that large number of people has shown that it's better for medical and education. It just it just is. And, and hopefully, again, with you know cities kind of spreading out and rural environments kind of spreading into cities, maybe, maybe you'll find some common ground and help out the best of both worlds.
1: Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people who... Get medical stuff done in the city, you know. Like I said, people aren't afraid to drive. People regularly drive to the city, whether it be to get, like you said, medical attention or just go to Costco. Get stuff they can't get here. But yeah, everyone knows the medical care you get in the city is better. So uh, the older people who live here will go to the city to get that stuff done. Get tests and stuff done. Even, you know, younger people who have a problem, they're going to the city to get all that stuff done. That's where the good medical help is, the experience, the knowledge. So that's where you go. I mean, I don't think anyone's disputing that fact.
0: Oh, well, I again, I think both sides have their attributes, and both sides have pros and cons. And, and I think it's very easy to say both sides feel misunderstood, unrepresentative, and like the other side's shutting them off. like there's not open communication between everyone, so to
1: speak. Yeah, I think uh there's real both sides definitely feel you know I know at least for the rural side, we feel very misrepresented. Um, I don't know if we wanted to, to go there quite yet as thinking you want to talk about what each side feels misrepresented about. Sure. So I think me personally, I think there's obviously there's always been an urban world divide. Like I said, it's been an issue since before this country was founded during the Bible and most likely as soon as we established cities. But the urban world divide never became more apparent than the 2016 election. Civil war. <coughs> God, God. Well, for us in our time. I would say not really even the Civil War. I'd say more the Industrial Revolution and more than anything else for purely urban and rural divide. And I think part of the problem is a lot of these academics just don't understand rural life you know i listen to a lot of different sources and they'll be in our sources on youtube but do you know i listened to three separate sources who mentioned part of the reason that the united states is currently experiencing an urban world divide is that rural areas are still upset about slavery oh that's dumb I know a lot of people and myself who live in a rural area who feel we're not listened to, and I've never heard anyone bitch about slavery because no one practices slavery anymore in the United States. Well, that's not true, but for agricultural purposes, there is no slavery. No one is upset about slavery in the West. We weren't even fucking settled. We couldn't vote at the time. And that's probably part of the reason there's a huge divide. People in rural areas keep hearing people say, well, they're just upset about slavery who have no connection to slavery like none at all
0: to add on to that nick it's stereotypes of ah uh, she probably fucks his sister and blah blah, blah backwoods water and squeal like a pig and got a pretty mouth this the stereotypes uh, they don't help either side
1: yeah or how many times have you seen the media explaining the 2016 election by using the words white uneducated rural voter Yeah, you might be asking the wrong person. I don't watch TV. Okay. Basically, the media is saying the only reason Trump won is because of uneducated white people. People don't actually like to be referred to as uneducated, especially in rural areas where they really value the dollar, especially now when most people who graduate from college don't actually get jobs. And you have bullshit degrees like, you know, gender studies and all this other shit that doesn't actually get you a job. And yet they're the uneducated ones because they didn't waste all their money on something that won't earn them any money back. People really don't like that, and they always—it's part of the problem. Again, every time there's a division in the United States, they refer to it, you know, as uneducated white people and in racism when it has nothing to do with that fact, and it's something that rural residents really resent, which is why there's a there's a huge disconnect between the what I'd call academia culture of higher education culture versus you know rural agriculture, farming, forestry, doing the job culture, and these people look down on them, and this is not anything new during the dust bowl washington dc sent all these scientists to the great plains to help them to teach them how to grow their crops and they actually a lot of times made things worse just because they thought they knew what they were talking about when in reality the people who worked the land knew more than those guys coming in
0: boots on the ground always knows more
1: yeah you know and um
0: yeah i would definitely say rule people the short end of the stick simply being the stereotype both in sitcoms and culture and news of being uneducated or backwater or racist or stuff like that I i that stereotype and prejudice is, is I don't know, this is it's not right. It seems rural people get the short end of the stick. Now don't get me wrong, so do urban people but i feel like it's a lot more prevalent or up front in rural areas than it is in urban areas it, it seems just because they are smaller in population it's easier to pick on them it's like a bully mentality of numbers it's again it goes both ways each have their pros and cons and each pick on each other but I would say for me it's more prevalent it's louder in the media to pick on rural communities than it is to pick on cities if that makes sense.
1: Oh definitely I'm, and that's another part you know rural areas have been in the news recently singling out rural areas and rural areas would rather people talk about them per. For- you know their actual issues or what they're doing versus how they place in the trump presidency it's not about these people don't really care that much about the president seats you know if you're going to talk about them talk about them as for what they do not who they support in the election if cnn did a whole thing on why obama won just because of uneducated young black voters that would be racist yet we can do the same thing with rural votes and rural towns see that as a double you know, standard. A double standard and they don't like that and and i don't blame them it upsets me i see all the time i mean most of these sources that we're going to list you listen to them they talk very derogatory towards these rural communities like they know so much better and it is a double standards and in the area you recognize things people don't see you know living out here you see old mills you see abandoned stores you see these things that in a city just gets turned into a new store but out here it doesn't always happen so you see the economic effects you can see in slow motion the decline of a town. You know, you can talk to people about their high school graduating class and how big it used to be and how it's declining. And so you know your town is declining just based on taking less people to grow the same amount of food. We're getting more efficient at everything we do. There's declining jobs, yes, But at the same time, we also still have to import jobs from Mexico. We don't have people in the area who want to do these jobs. And there's a problem here that is only recognized by the media or people in power when it relates to who won the presidency or who won the seat. Never about the actual problems, which is why, at least from my perspective, people in rural areas feel underrepresented.
0: I, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think rural areas in general are more unrepresentative because if I'm a politician looking to win, I'm going to focus on higher density population areas to get more votes. That's my mindset if I was going to run for politician wise. But no, I, I, I agree that one, news companies on how they portray both sides, city and urban Sorry, city and rule—they're atrocious. Especially for uh, for rule, they—they're a little bit extra dirty. It's—it's not as divided as people think. We have so much more in common. We just need to communicate more. I think a big thing we can all rally upon is our politicians currently suck. We were talking about before uh recording this episode of how to make a joke about how we might be disagreeing everything, but we all agree politicians suck. It's true. It's they divide. They conquer us by dividing us. They putting us against each other other and it's we can learn so much from each other a i don't know this is just stereotypes here i i don't it, it could be very different the situation i just want to throw this out there but you could someone could go out into the country and learn how to ride a horse take care of a horse and be therapeutic because a lot of people want to know how to do equestrian life and or uh, let's let's make it a little bit more easier example uh someone could go out and learn how to i don't know work with their hands like carpentry out into the rural area from city to rural and rule could go rule to city to learn technology because again stereotypes don't just whatever they get better at technology to bring their carpentry business up to life there's so much we can learn from each other and gain from each other and it disheartens me that we are so divisive against each other.
1: Yeah. And and something that I think is along the same lines and important to mention is, you know, a lot of, I don't know what you'd call them, you know, in the past, they'd be called urbanites and academics. But today, whatever you call them, these people say that, you know, freaking rural voters, they're voting against their economic self-interest. You know, they don't want to have all these com- companies move in and make their town bigger and blah, 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 and have more opportunities for jobs. Well, the reason is when they bring these people in and make these towns bigger, those people who lived in that town move out. They can't afford to live there anymore. It's the same way with gentrification, which we haven't talked about in this podcast, but they talk about in the media about how it's a terrible thing because we're pushing minorities out of their community and yet when rural white people don't do the gentrification, they're idiots. So part of the double standard that rural people are tired of seeing is it's bad when we do it to minority groups, but it's okay when we do it to, you know, rural white people. And they're not, and that's the thing is people's like, well, their economy could just be so much better if they did this. But yeah, but then those people couldn't afford to live there. It's not like anyone's making tons of money Now don't get me wrong there's a lot of people who live in rural environments who make really good money you know they own a lot of land they own a lot of farms whatever it is you know it's not the economic wasteland people think it is but for a lot of people it's hard to make money and that's completely true
0: i would also i would also say money in act in the economy isn't always the most important thing when you have a small town you it's yours you know every person or not every person but you you know the small little city you know every street every corner you have memories there and your your culture your way of life can get demolished by big company and to to kind of help bridge the gap i could say same thing for cities of all these mom and pop shops that used to be on every corner and you could walk over across the street to a different one being taken over by big company when you change people's cultures and way of life and then tell them they're stupid or They should learn how to adapt or survive. Yes, you should learn how to be adaptable, but you shouldn't also force an entire town, city, entire culture, whether it be city or rule, to change for, I would argue, the negative. shouldn't try to force a community or a town to conform simply because it's your way of life. Let them... This is America. Live how you want to live. Don't force others to live your way. And it seems like, unfortunately, the rural environment more prevalently gets a short end of the stick once again.
1: Yeah. So this, this transitions perfectly into what I want to talk about, especially looking at climate change, right? And the problem is everyone's like, well, rural people don't believe in climate change. Well, that's not actually true. It turns out there's very, there's, yes, more people who live in urban environments think that climate change is human caused. But it's not that far beneath the amount of people in rural environments who think it's cli- or human-caused. What is different is the amount of people in rural environments who think that the government is going to solve the problem. People in rural environments, like I mentioned with the, the mills, that were closed down to stop the decline of the spotted owl, which turned out to be from an invasive species, or non-invasive. Because of climate change, everything getting warmer, a different species moving up, the Mexican barred owl moving north, taking over the environment of the northern spotted owl, just being a better hunter we lost thousands of jobs mills opportunities completely changed around the entire economy of the area because this is something that environmentalists knew when in reality the people who've been working the land said this isn't the issue and it turned out that after 20 30 years they were right but those mills have been shut down converted to something else we're never getting that back these communities aren't regrowing rural communities don't disagree with climate change they just don't want the government to fuck anything else up and who can blame them
0: I I would agree with that statement. Well, yeah, I would agree overall that rural people want less government involvement and urban wants more government involvement. Just in a loose generalization, I would agree with that. Granted, I kind of side with the rural area on this of less government involvement because government's really good at messing things up. But you know, it's I guess the only hands you can trust are the ones that you're at your end of your wrists, and I I've always grew up with that and believed in that, so it's hard to think of someone else doing the job for me. I guess in a, in a way, so I I can see Rico at that point, Nick, and I I, I I tend to agree with it.
1: Yeah, again, it's just a point of just because we are you know rural communities are quote unquote uneducated, all this stuff doesn't mean we don't have the same issues i would say on especially when it comes to the environment i would say environmentally if you look at it purely of who takes better care of the environment rural would win every time because we actually you know quote unquote i know it's terrible to say profit off the environment because we survive off the environment year to year you know if we fuck up the environment we ourselves lose out on money and there's nothing that motivates humans like greed right like we can all agree on that It always boils down
0: to knowledge and opportunities the solution to all problems. And it seems most problems always come back to greed.
1: Yeah. So unless you had anything else, Mike, I was going to come into kind of like a solution-ish thing.
0: Um, I just, I do, I do want to say one more thing i would say since we're just bringing on the environment it doesn't i don't have a big talk point with it it is really nice though when you live in a major city to have public transportation where i i don't know why i just feel like i should add that in i it's it just it is nice having options i i, I guess I, is my point there is i i Options is more prevalent in city than compared to rule, but you have more, I would say, individual freedoms in rule than compared to city. Again, both have their merit, both have their cons, so that's that's my only last point I would have to say. The reason why I bring that up is, say for me, I moved to a location where I don't know anyone, and I want to explore well it's kind of hard to drive around and find a spot and just go and then might end up somewhere else it's much easier if there's public transportation to drive around now granted in dallas fort worth public transportation is garbage and much like rural you get to drive everywhere but i can see how that can be an option and just you know having lots of options lots of different stores lots of large variety type is beneficial but nick i am curious though on your possible solutions
1: for those of you who don't live in the United States, progressives in the cities, conservatives in rural areas shouldn't be too much different from pretty much any country who listens to us. But um, the way the United States is set up, there's we have, you know, a house in the Senate. So and there's something that we I ran across when researching this, which I think is why this is such a big issue, Mike, is conservatives, rural areas are have a better advantage to win the house because they have more area to cover and if you don't know if you're a quote-unquote democrat most likely you live in an area with 64% of the people there are Democrats. If you are a conservative, you live in an area where 52% of those people are Republican. And that's because the further you get away from the town center, city center, whatever you want to call it, it's less likely to be uh, Democratic. So as further you get away from the town center, city center, whatever you want to call it, the more likely voters are to be conservative. Democrats tend to be in an area with higher chances of the other person there being Democrats. And I don't, think this is too surprising to anyone. And this is where and this is where most people break off from people who work in politics. So I read um, uh, Why Cities Lose and The Left Behind to kind of get an understanding of urban rural culture and how it affects the United States. And what it comes down to from what I read in uh, The Left Behind or Why Cities Lose is that rural culture, because I was trying to understand rural culture or urban culture better, because i I guess I spent most of my time in rural culture, wanted to understand what urban culture is about. Urban culture is upset because all their population is clustered in cities. These cities tend to be centered around off of railroad lines. Anywhere there's a railroad, a railroad hub tends to be democratic. And because of that, there's areas with no railroads that are Republican. Just because a peer area, like there's more areas. If you look at any map of presidential election from 2016 or 2020, or 2019, whatever it is, and you look at Democrat versus Republican County, there's so much red on the board location 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 exactly and it's funny because (laughs) what these people laid out and what in my rural mindset would look at as an urbanite you know ruling class view and they're complaining because this is not a direct quote but paraphrasing the problem with the democratic party is they have to figure out the soul of the party the progressives in the inner city want one thing and the people on the outskirts want another thing so they can't go for the values that they actually want because they have to appeal to different voters because of where they're at geographically. Now, as a voter, in my mind, that seems like the best case scenario. Like I said previously, the very beginning of the podcast, the United States, our politicians are not beholden to a party. Now, don't get me wrong. Doesn't mean they don't vote for the party all the time, but it means occasionally there are times when they don't vote for the party because our politicians are supposed to be beholden to us, the voters, not a party, which differs from a lot of other places. And so while people argue about the soul of whatever party, and how it's shitty that politicians don't vote according to the party from my people's perspective i would say yeah dude that's the fucking point politicians aren't supposed to be aligned to a party they're supposed to be aligned to the people they represent because we are a representative democracy and that's the whole point you know urban rural right left i think every single person can agree we want our politicians to represent us not our politicians to represent party because every american has more ideals that maybe differ maybe don't from whatever party that represents them especially areas you know there's areas in who elect democrats who are very highly manufacturing that those democrats vote for what some would consider republican bills and vice versa
0: Politics should be bottom-up, not top. And unfortunately, here in America, that is not true. It tends to be more of a winning situation rather than helping. I want to win. I want to get this. I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. Not, I can do this. I can help this. I can help that. Which is kind of the personality that we want in politicians. And uh, I would say that's a huge divide on every side of politicians
1: being out for themselves. I'm glad you brought up winning, Mike, because this is kind of where, where I was led by just a few sources, like very few people mentioned this, but what is winning? If you're the Republicans, what is winning? If the Democrats, what is winning?
0: Well, I would say with our current system, if you're a Republican, winning is simply having more Republicans in political positions than the democrats beating them out at office and then vice versa for the democrats versus the republicans
1: right and either way winning to right or left is forcing your views on someone else who doesn't follow your views now as someone who falls more to the right small government individual liberty that is that's actually not my view but the, I think the major problem in what's driving this urban rural divide, because it's always there, but why is it an issue, right? Why is it an issue that there's a different culture? And I think the issue is that people are forcing their other cultures and other people, which is... And the urban world divide is the biggest divide in our country, which is impressive for a country of hundreds of cultures that our biggest divide is not culture to culture, but occupation, geography, where you live. You know, you can move people here from Africa, Russia, Asia, Europe, South America, but the biggest divide is how do you live your life? And we're able to accept people who move from all over the world, but we are not able to accept people who just live their life differently.
0: It is very weird to me, which I assume we'll do a podcast on eventually, of how with the voting situation here in the United States that how 51% of the population could tell the other 49% how to it. I understand it, you quote unquote won, but it doesn't seem right
1: that's that mob rule that the founders warned us about this is why we're not a true democracy which i I, after listening to some of these people talk i really think we need to do like a basic civics podcast especially these people who are quote-unquote washington insiders talking about winning and losing and how we need to win it's like dude you've become so we're all american (laughs) you become so caught up in winning you forgot what you're trying to do right like winning is helping america you're all you want to do is impose your thought on the other half of america that doesn't agree the same way you do that's not winning that's a dictatorship that's not how that fucking works all right whatever but so i want to talk a little bit you know we talked about the problems and if there's something else you want to add mike let me know
0: no but if anyone does come up with other problems definitely give us a uh, shout out on our youtube or instagram we would love to hear anything we missed but please continue nick
1: Yeah, and I'm sure there's something we missed because this is a big topic right now. And I'm sure, Mike, you kind of stumbled across this myself. It seems like people only care about the urban world divide when a certain party loses an election. This is where most of my data came from. But this didn't happen just to the United States. I came across a lot of urban world divide studies from Canada. Like I said, China is a big one. Apparently, China has a huge urban world divide problem, which is hilarious that our biggest adversary is going through the same shit that we are right like we are in fact more alike than we we tend to tend to we're like. all human at the end of the day and there's just a different you know we and that's that's the funny part right like this is the thing that people in rural areas detest is that they're seen as bad for their different culture and it is a different culture and yet in a lot of other areas different cultures are celebrated. It's just it's just not equal. And and this is this is my solution. Okay. First unrealistic solution I'm gonna pose. One, be excellent to each other. <laughs> right? Like socrates, be excellent. Like there's nothing that's stopping you from just not being a dick to someone else or not forcing your views on someone else in America.
0: You're asking a lot.
1: So that's why I said first unrealistic expectation. (laughs) I knew that was too much to ask, but I just wanted to throw it out there so people could think about it. My next, I don't know if you had a solution you want to talk about.
0: Well, if we're throwing out... Stupid, random ideas that probably never happened. I got one. It would be like a uh, transfer program almost where you're feeling pent up in the cubicle and you want to live out to the rule and vice versa. In the rule, you feel like you're never going to leave your dead end town. Like kind of do like a wife swap, but life swap for like a year or something like that. You know, get a taste of the other life. Like, hey, like,
1: Yeah, they, um, it'll be in the sources. There's like a PBS NewsHour thing about where they had is pretty cool they had a rural students and they had they did like a what do you call it study group not study group when they ask people a bunch of questions about something like like for an advertisement but something else um anyway so they had a bunch of urban students they asked them different questions about a lot of different things and behind the glass they had rural students listening to their answers and then they switched them and then they had the rural students answer all the questions the urban students watched and both sides were like man i feel like those other guys were just completely disrespecting my culture and they didn't understand anything about me and then they actually had them meet after that and they're like oh it turns out like they just live differently than me and i didn't understand it and now i do after talking to them it's like oh my god communication solved our problems
0: <laughs> don't tell your wife that you'll get in trouble
1: nick yeah no it it, it is it is crazy though it's I, I think that's something that would be very valuable just like we talked about in education you know people going out to these agriculture communities, figuring out what it takes to grow food and, and how that works and have forming starting a dialogue of communication. And, you know, you hear all these bad things in the news, but what's true? What isn't? Like, talk to the fucking people who do it. But I had another theory, and this, this is uh, not as unrealistic as be excellent to each other, but it's kind of unrealistic. But it's, you know, like all good ideas, it's Roman in, in nature. Whose head are we cutting off? It's called... <laughs> free cities so what the romans did was they said okay well cities you know if you're trusted enough like they weren't going to revolt or do some stupid shit against the glory of rome they could just do their own thing they just they have their terror of somewhere they do their own thing they have their own agenda and they don't the one caveat is they can't push their agenda on the farmers outside you know if you want to come to the city to trade that's one thing but they just govern themselves which is what i think the countries is the united states really out as as we don't have one majority pushing opinions on another. Like I said, winning in our day and age for 2020, 2021 is forcing your opinions on someone else. And that's what the Romans figured out is that there's a different culture between urban and, sub- and urban and rural. Why don't we just separate them? Now, this would be difficult with our current political system because people would literally be sacrificing votes.
0: I like your idea of unite by divide, of kind of, kind of redrawing the borders of cities in rural areas in sort of way. It it makes sense to me if, again looking at Illinois of how three population areas could tell the, how the entire state kind of lives. So maybe divide more. Now you could say like the county and stuff like that. Yes, but maybe more freedom for each of those counties or etc cetera, etc cetera. or again like i said earlier in the podcast i think less is more maybe have those 4 million 7 million 9 million 11 million 13 million 17 million. i don't know how much los angeles up anymore 17 million those cities shouldn't become that big they shouldn't become super cities maybe spread them out a l- more develop more cities elsewhere kind of make kind of cover the board make it less less dense areas and get the best of both worlds so kind of um less conquer and divide which is more divide but i did like your idea nick i i do say
1: it doesn't need to be all for one and one for all it can be all for you know a few for this and a few for that like we could cherry pick. For once we could finally cherry pick. Yeah, like you know, like we talked about with how our elections work and you know, granted, as Americans right now, we may be experiencing unprecedented anger at our elected officials, which they are not beholden to party lines. They are beholden to us as Americans. So unlike other countries where they are beholden to party lines, we can force them to do this or that, or we just get rid of them. Now, again, are not saying we do the best job at that, but we have, our politicians have a lot more free will than other politicians. And this, you know, this is a debate for another time. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, I would. I would say definitely. Oh, I, I as much as I love this country, there needs to be a lot of restructure to be made. Because uh, again, power corrupts all, and corrupts all absolutely. It's it's for everyone. If you're a Republican or you're Democrat, if you're rural or if you're urban, it. Everyone's got problems. Everyone's got issues. But we keep. Saying it throughout the entire podcast, there are more that unite us in similarities than that divide us in different We have so much in common. We just need to communicate or just relax a little bit, hear the other side. That's it. It's all we really, really need to do. We could figure stuff out. Maybe those who are listening could tell us. And we've already asked for things we've missed, and we'd love to hear your possible solutions. Where, well, where can they find us, Nick?
1: You find us on uh, YouTube and Instagram. Can they find us on Twitter? You can in fact not find us on Twitter because which is in fact a dumpster fire, Mike. <laughs> I love
0: that. And besides reading all these fabulous books on the divide of rural and urban, you've been reading anything else? Um, yes. Why was there a question mark?
1: Well, I guess we'll probably be canceled before we get to this point in the story, but I am currently reading As the Sun Rises, it dawns on him by Ross Patterson, and it's it's a, it's essentially if someone took Blazing Saddles and turned it into a novel about America from, I think it started like 1823 onward. Sounds like right up my alley. I'll have to add it to my list. What are you reading? Uh,
0: I didn't plan this, but this is what I'm reading and don't judge, but I'm reading The Rose That Grew from Concrete by uh, Tupac. It's his collection of um, poems that he wrote that he never released. I'm
1: afraid to ask, are they good or no?
0: Yes and no. Some of them them are longer. Some of them are short poems. But, yeah, some of them are good. Some of them are bad. It's just, uh, I guess, just a book of a collection of poems, I I guess, is the best way to say it. So, each section is hit or miss i would say some of them are a lot more edgier i would say are are his uh poems but still good still poetry so you could still see even though he was our age and younger can't remember how old he was died he was either 26 or 23 or something like that uh how fast he had to grow up if that makes sense in his poetry